This is the My Michelle Live podcast. Weekend Review, a look back at the week. It's My Michelle Live Weekend Review. Here's Michelle. Yes, I am. Here I am. And there you are. And the news has been spinning and the news media has been spinning the news. And we're going to spin it back in a logical direction, taking on the news of the week and reporting things that the mainstream doesn't want to touch or uh, doesn't even realize. In fact, you're going to be amazed at some of the stories today. They don't even realize that they have a spin or a bias. That's how blinded they truly are. And I'm not sure, do they really believe that? Or is it just a, a farce? I don't know, but we're going to take it on. My friend Adam Rosari is with me. He's my cohort and my co-host in taking on a week in review. Hey, Adam. Happy Michelle, weekend. what's going on? How you doing? Oh, sometimes, I'm actually doing pretty good. Do you have those weeks where... Uh, your all of your sports teams do pretty well and then there's opening <laughs> day and that's just you can't have a bad week that way but yeah, some like of I'm the feeling things, good about this some of the things I don't feel so good about in the news let's just start right off the bat with one of the biggest stories of the week Katani Brown Jackson boom we're we that systemic racism that they're talking about Huh. But on the other hand, we are a racist nation, Adam. We must be. But also, too, we're a nation that apparently doesn't know how to define what a woman is. And it's weird because you'll ask a woman who happens to be the the first black woman nominated to the highest court in our country what a woman is. And she can't tell you. So maybe maybe this isn't as historical as we all thought. Right. Like maybe Maybe she's not a woman. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just ridiculous? Like, I would love to just be able to celebrate the fact that there is a historical relevance to the fact of the first black woman being confirmed to the highest court of, of our land. But I wonder how all the other, frankly, similarly situated black women in our country are that happen to be judges or attorneys that maybe can define what a woman is and maybe are just as qualified if not more qualified for this role but maybe they speak a little bit more truth than would allow them to be considered for this role by this administration indeed we'll see how the story plays out and how she reacts look I hope, and maybe I'm just a little too optimistic, I I can only hope that regardless of someone's personal views and she touched on this during some of the hearings. I've got to rule according to the law. Now, we can look back at some of her decisions in the past and say, yeah, you were pretty lenient on pedophiles You, you know, and some of the issues that came into play. But you can hope that I don't care what your views are, just like in the media. I don't care what your views are. I just don't want to hear about them when you're reporting the news. So that's the one of the biggest stories. Another news story comes uh, from California, Adam, where... Uh, <laughs> this is so, so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> illegal Im- immigrants who can already vote in California. So why not let New them York. become... Yeah, why not let them become police officers, right? 
Oh my gosh. So it's so funny because today I happen to be wearing this shirt that I got from one of the gentlemen who was part of Black Voices for Trump. He, David J. Harris has a, an online shirt store and my shirt today says, don't California my Texas. <laughs> and, and so it's just funny timing that we're talking about this story because the idea oh that somebody who swears an oath to uphold the law could, I, I guess, ignore the fact that they've broken the law to be here illegally, but then they're going to go and enforce it. Like, for, where's the logic there? It's, it's a total breakdown, right? Like this idea that we would open up law enforcement positions to illegal immigrants. Maybe we should make a path towards lawful citizenship that makes more sense for these people. We have literally, there's a huge list of people that have applied the right way that are waiting to go through the approval process for things like family reunification, le legitimate asylum claims. There are so many people that shoot, just of, of, of Cuban descent who are still waiting to be given the respect of review for their application that might be years old. But forget the law. Let's just, you know what, you don't even have to, like, just don't apply. Just go to the... Just so ridiculous, this point that we've come to now as we talk about shutting down Title 42, which is really what's allowed us to expel over half of the people that have come here on the basis of health requirements related to covid governor uh, abbott and, has a really good solution to that <laughs> he does and the argument <laughs> to this and his solution basically he's saying you know what you're just like we have towns like del rio it's a town of under thirty-six thousand people and just last year like over a million people crossed through del rio just like crossed a right million private land people and think about School. that whatever town or city you live in and are viewing or listening to this show today can you imagine a million people migrating through your town in one year and we're talking about two million in total last year and our run rate for this year by the way is also two million people that's insane so when you have a town or a village of like several thousands of people and you have two million people walking across your lawn dude like that's insane so now governor abbott saying you know what we're going to offer these people a different destination maybe just how about we go tour dc check out washington dc <laughs> they want you here and they want you to be here without the appropriate channels the appropriate means to take care of yourselves but they say they're going to take care of you but they're not my only thing michelle is why not also send them to Delaware? Because that's where President Biden spends most of his time at his beach house, which, oh, by great. the way, happens he can to just... be walled and armed. Uh, yes, thank you way. very much. But, huh? but, Borders? But this, there, there is an argument, though. It's the federal government is responsible for maintaining the national security of our country, for maintaining the borders of our country, but they're not. And so now we're going to have Texas taxpayers basically fund this trip to D.C. The thing is... When you're faced with sort of an unavoidable cost, when you're faced with an unavoidable problem that you didn't bring on yourself, but you found yourself with it, you know, being this border crisis, maybe the cost benefit analysis says it's a little bit cheaper to actually send these people to D.C. where the elected officials say they want to help you out. Let's make them put their actions, into, or their words into actions, right? And Let's see them actually Biden, help them you out. got some room in that big rambling beach house, right? Let's just make room. <laughs> just saying yeah yeah just open Come up on. one of the rooms open up the guest house right people in poland that have opened up their homes to ukrainian refugees maybe president biden has a few extra rooms in that multi-million dollar house of his yeah and i think this is a a good point as we transition to a big abortion issue that came this last week some of the arguments against pro-lifers is that well if you care so much why aren't you why aren't you paying for the college education of these kids who would have been aborted? Why aren't you adopting? Actually, they are. If you look at the statistics, uh, people who tend to be pro-life or uh, pro-faith 
are the people who are putting their money where their mouth is. They are fostering kids. They are adopting kids. It really is happening. Nonetheless, it's not an effective argument just because you cost me money. Does that mean my kids turn teenagers and they start eating me out of house and home? Should I be able to just end their life? Because it's pretty inconvenient about that, especially when they get that attitude thing that that teenagers get. Okay, I'm sorry. We're off on you, little Billy. But in the, in the same regard, you can't have that argument and, and say, why aren't you housing some of these people? Why aren't you, right. you know, opening your doors and allowing, yeah, that's, it's, we're rife with hypocrisy, but it does lead to a really gruesome, disturbing news story that came out just this last week. And we're looking Ugh. at in DC, there is a group an anti-abortion group, the Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising. What they did is they approached a driver who was going to, an, what was it, a, a clinic, a medical waste? Basically, like one of their, he was like, the, yeah, like kind of the trash guy, right? Like he was responsible for, for disposing of the clinic's medical waste. Okay, basically. and so they go up to him and they say, hey, hey, do you mind if we just take one of these boxes, right? We, we got this for you, right? And so they went back and just out of one of these boxes, just one of these boxes, if you saw the video, it was beyond gruesome. Even the mainstream media was saying, oh, this is just gruesome. Why? You, you should be celebrating the beauty and the joy. Hashtag celebrate abortion. They, isn't that what it is? Isn't, isn't murder gruesome and it oh, is. Right? Yeah, like, it, it truly is. I'm sorry. You have to deal with the reality of what it really is. But they found 115 just bodies of tiny unborn babies and five that were at advanced stages in from this waste truck. Absolutely heinous. That's, that's right. And actually, this the, the terrible thing about those five late stage uh, babies that they found, like these are literally babies that were, and I saw the report on this, that were able to survive with a level of self-sufficiency outside of the womb. I'm celebrating the fact right now that my wife is 13 weeks pregnant. Yeah. At 13 weeks, which is, I'm just so excited by the way. But the amazing thing is at 13 weeks, even inside the womb, you're talking about a baby that's already able to suck its own thumb. Yeah. And so now you have, which by the way, late stage abortions are very illegal. Well, Why in some clear? areas, <clears throat> let's just, let's, you mentioned that it could, some of these were able to would have been able to survive outside the room these are babies the most vulnerable people in our society and in their vulnerability well, we take care of we just well, michelle take care of them that's They're why gone. that's why this clinic literally had to cut the, the, the throats of these five babies they cut the throat they did something to the brain and and then tossed these little babies into these trash bags. Uh, what kind of soulless person do you have to be to do this kind of a thing? It it boggles the mind that we have come to this and yet the media had worked had to work really hard to say these were these seem to be very legal and this ter- is a terrorist well, group that's go- they, they have to <laughs> work really hard but you is, cannot get away the from fact the is, the crazy thing about this whole thing too by the way about this the organization that's exposing this this terrible reality is the leader of this organization is the one that's actually the one dealing with like criminal charges related to the way they've protested like 
why is it that this organization who's trying to protect these innocent lives is the one that's being victimized by our society. It's insane. That's how backwards we are. And you had mentioned these kids, five of them, uh, of these five, some would have been able to exist outside the womb. They'd be able to live, to thrive, cutting their throats, uh, destroying their brains in order to put an end to them. It is off the charts disgusting but right. there are a couple places in the united states where they want that to be legal well in new york for example in california we spoke recently in one of our shows adam about a bill that would allow post-birth abortion you couldn't kill right. your kids up to that's, a few weeks like that's just a freaking title for or just a different name for murder right post-birth ab- abortion like you could literally come to me a guy who's almost 40 and say, oh, we're going to post it. No, it was post-birth. Your parents are tired of you, whatever. <laughs> that would take care it's of a lot of the nice. basement dwellers, wouldn't it? Parents are just like, hey, it was just a real like, you know, post-birth ab- like, abortion, man. You're like, damn kid wouldn't get a job. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> it's it's but, absolutely. But then you have like, be, like, literally, Michelle, you have people like, like Amy Coney Barrett, right? One of our more recent newest members to the Supreme Court who is an example of how to adopt kids and how to create these blended families that are beautiful. There are options that people have to be given access to and be educated about so that we're not sitting here talking about these awful No, awful so stories. we're not saying murder is an option. Murder is an option. Hello, murder is an option. There's places like Oklahoma that's Where taking I was born, a by different. The way. Yeah, hey, there you go. My yeah. family's from Tulsa. <laughs> I got to Texas when I was two. Uh, Don't hate on me too much. It took me two years. I crawled in Texas. But hey, yeah, Michelle, <laughs> let, let us know about Oklahoma here. We have Oklahoma making an uh, abortion ban, essentially. State lawmakers voted to criminalize abortion. And this happened just this Tuesday. So they approved this measure that would make performing the procedure a felony punishable by 10 years behind bars. So doctors who perform these abortions um, under the circumstances would face a $100,000 fine in addition to these long prison sentences patients wouldn't be prosecuted so it's taking the onus off of the uh, well if you think about that kind of sentence too michelle like 10 years like in texas there was the this really unfortunate situation in dallas where a dallas police officer who was off duty shot a man that was in her apartment complex she thought she was in her apartment it was his she killed the guy i mean she was guilty a 10-year sentence basically is like a guilty plea for an aggravated manslaughter charge that's basically what this is this might not be enough this, there's some disturbing things and there's some good things. We have got, we have had, we have to, in some sense, not completely try to rewrite science and pretend that this is not a baby in the womb. That it, it, there's just all of the arguments are have just become absolutely eye rolling and inane, and you really have to reach far. So, yeah, we have got to come to the place where we're not killing children. We're no different than in ancient times where they used to take children and sacrifice them to Bell. You know, we, we just really haven't we haven't progressed that much if, if we're still killing children. But, Adam, it's like settled science, right? Is life a thing, right? This quote, settled science, is just so ridiculous because and it definitely was a big thing respected to the COVID conversation. But as we learn more and we get more scientifically advanced, we learn so much more about what's going on uh, 
via God's creation, right? This, this baby in a womb. Yeah, indeed. And in Oklahoma, some of the concern, though, is if you're not going to a doctor, are you doing it safe? It's okay for a woman to get an abortion, but it's not okay for a doctor to perform it. I think that's a very legitimate concern. I'm glad that we are saying, hey, murder sucks. And doctors shouldn't be. Doctors who pledge oaths do no harm in the Hippocratic Oath should have no place in and doing abortions of course right. but at the same time if it's a, illegal for a woman to get an abortion so to speak but illegal for a doctor to perform it what does that do for women are they going to say okay i'm just not going to get one i don't know but what we need to do is change the mindset and help people to understand what if you're going to say you're pro-choice adam understand what that choice is in our society we're shutting down that conversation we're not allowing you to know what that choice is we're just giving you one side and saying look we can celebrate it but we're not talking about the dangers we're not talking well, about the racist leanings of abortions right. and how 15 percent of our population are black but black women get over 35 percent of abortions we're not talking about the aftermath the guilt the things that it does to your body and the fact that you killed a human and you have to live with right. that for the rest of your life. Don't tell me your conscience doesn't know better. The interesting trend also here, so this conversation alongside the conversation of women's rights and trans rights, alongside the conversation of civil rights and human rights, and frankly, like our bill of rights, right? The concept of a doctor with do no harm. Okay, well, if you're going to do no harm that also should assume that you will do no harm to the other life that's in there right the baby if you're not going to have the concept of I, I guess that same concept would apply in respect of trans rights and women's rights right like you cannot have something if it will infringe on the rights of another you know what I'm saying and so like when it comes to women's sports being protected you have to protect women's sports and if you just allow someone like Leah Thomas to come and compete that is imposing the will and also harming the reality of every other person who should be in that protected class or that protected group. It's not the American way. The Bill of Rights is supposed to be for everybody. And so special rights is really the way of our present. We have, as you mentioned, uh, the, you'd be foolish to not think that there is a link when you see the rise of trans rights and woke companies when you see the anger and the disinformation where health is concerned and only one narrative being spun when you see the anger with abortion i need i must have the right to kill another human right when you see this yeah there's a tie and what that tie is something that we get to every show is your worldview when you have when you have a worldview that is just about you sitting on the throne of god of the throne room of god and i'm all that matters then this is what takes place and it breaks down and it infringes as you said on women and our rights what happened to the big women's march and we have these rights now you don't anymore because no one can define what a woman is so how can you have <laughs> rights if there's no definition of a woman oops we how just we had a breakdown of right? worldview right yeah crazy like, similarly it's, yeah how do we celebrate the first black woman being appointed to the court if we can't define what, what a woman is <laughs> and, so can we, and really can't <laughs> and if we wanted to get scientific can we define what black is no because we are a mix of so many things and if you look at the genetic markers of every person on the planet every 
people type group, every ethnic type group has all of those seven main genetic markers. We are truly identical. There's even new science that shows that even people from Northern Europe who have light skin, they came from a more Arabic background. We change, we are human. So there you go. But with when we're looking at abortion, yeah, we are trampling on the rights of the most vulnerable Americans and it is heinous. So all of these things, Adam, right. do tie in together. Uh, but it's funny how the media doesn't even realize just how hip- hypocritical they are. <laughs> I want to show you this this story. Is this the one with Mr. Potato Head? This is. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it sure is. I want you to, to take a look at this. Through. You sent me this. I didn't even know about it. This is <laughs> glorious. This college freshman that just slammed a CNN failures for pushing disinformation. They had this forum here and it was all about how uh, disinformation or erosion of democracy and we're the true (laughs) democracy and Fox News is bad. We're good because we're awesome. And this kid's going awkward. Uh, Do you want to see it? Oh, please. Let's watch it. This kid, this this freshman named Christopher Phillips, this little kid, this kid's a genius. He's going to do something. Uh, Hi, thank you for coming. My name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. My question is for Mr. Seltzer. You've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of disinformation, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jussie Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. With mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? I love this. Uh, all the mistakes of the You're mainstream media this. and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we hmm. expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? Doesn't this kid give you hope in the future? I know. He says, did you hear what he said? I think it's time for us to go to lunch. Hold on a second. I'm having a, a little bit of a technical difficulty with my with my computer here. But uh, but you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, literally first, the first words, oh, it's too bad. It's time for lunch. Yeah, it's time for lunch. And then he went on to say, wait a minute. It's easy to think of this as that narrative, but you don't realize when Benjamin Hall in the Ukraine was taken down, all of the other reporters went rushing to his side and it's wait what look it's literally like he's being asked about something and being and it's something very specific but then he deflects and he goes to this other thing that's going on over here because he doesn't see it he either doesn't see it or he's trying to spin doctor it uh I've told this story again and again that in my experience in the media, and I've been in the media for decades writing stories, my news writer came to me and said, great writing, Michelle, but if you say it this way, you can get people to think this. They think that they're so, it's such a religion to them that they really think that they're doing the right thing, so much so that they don't even see it. And yet there are... There are glimmers of times. There was a a time where where President Obama had kicked Fox News out of the press room. That, they yeah. couldn't come anymore. And I, this is where the other members of the media actually did 
rise up and say it was a beautiful moment for the press they rose up and said if they're not going to be there i'm not going to be there so there's some twin twinge of of ethical practice that's in there but they're so blinded they don't see it i think michelle if you think about your experience in the newsroom too it's like you have these little pockets of of really good people that are there but then they work for somebody and so it's those people that they typically work for those editors the people that are really responsible for also making the hiring and firing decisions at these organizations right so the good people i think know that they can do certain things sometimes to a certain extent but they can't necessarily go the full distance when it comes to making something or when it comes to exposing a story that the public needs to know about yes uh, and we can see though right now we reported last week about Jen Psaki <laughs> wanting to be part of NBC News and she's negotiating. Apparently journalists at NBC are really upset about this. They're vexed by it. They're dismayed. Uh, some are saying that the network executives <clears throat> would be in negotiation to hire this press secretary. One, because of the outright bias and two because she's still working for them and this is what took place let's watch is it ethical for you to continue conducting this job while negotiating uh, with the media well um i have always gone over and above the stringent ethical and legal requirements of the Biden administration. And I take that very seriously. Okay, of the Biden administration. Come what on. the heck does that mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doesn't mean a lot, does it? <laughs> uh, okay. I've always, as stringent ethics of the Biden it means administration. means there's more of a gray area than there is a black and white area in that world. Okay. Awkward. I'm saying this to say that the media thinks itself to be unbiased. And then when it just, it, things have gone so far that even the media itself are saying, whoa, 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 wait a freaking minute, right? <laughs> Michelle, the only reason why this is like a story is because someone over at MSDNC is pissed that she got the job and they didn't. <laughs> like <laughs> you, when you really think about Jen Psaki and who she is and what she's about and what comes from her mouth consistently over a decade, she's just like a more diversified ginger version of joy reed like she will basically push a far left narrative that most of the country truly doesn't agree with and and that's why msnbc's ratings are so low but she's more of the same for that network right she's not that that far off and so they can't and it's uncomfortable for them though they're they're i think you're correct in saying someone didn't get the job but i think that they the based on what we saw from mr potato head we (laughs) definitely have they they have this idea that yes we are the press and as the press we are unbiased and we they don't even realize what pig slop they are rolling around in michelle you and i both know that a truly interesting show on one of these networks would be frankly Mm -hmm. jen saki up against harris faulkner on fox and kaylee mcenany against really anybody at MSNBC, that would make more of an interesting conversation and also truly more of a two-sided conversation as well. And 
Oh, that you being know, said, and you I, know what I, I that think would do? Probably get tired of watching <clears throat> Harris Falker outclass Jin Saki every time. <laughs> what <laughs> that would do? That would show people how you're supposed to behave. What we see is things like The View, where you have one quasi-conservative voice, and then everyone with these emotional outbursts. That and thus, the country has followed followed suit. That is not how. It really should be. And well, to be honest, we get emails from people that say, you don't have the uh, alternative view. Sweetheart, we are the alternative view. We are the alternative view, right? We just are. And to show that um, the media truly is all about hit pieces and spinning the narrative, Facebook is a perfect example with what's happening with them versus TikTok. Yeah. It's, okay. So there's a, this is an interesting marketing conversation, I think. And it's definitely one that I can relate to. But typically with marketing, you're doing that to achieve specific business goals that are typically innocent, right? Sell more stuff, get more phone calls for a service company, get more users to a, a software application. But then you have things that get a little bit nasty in the online marketing world, especially when it comes to anything political. That's where you start to see like actual efforts to destroy the other. Mudslinging, things that are going to expose the worst of the worst about an adversary. And Facebook, they've been trying to do that against TikTok for business reasons. And they're trying to say, hey, you know what? We're the American choice here. Even though we have shareholders across the world, we are the American, like the pro-America, pro uh, pro future sort of choice for parents. TikTok is a Chinese Communist Party owned organization. They don't have the best interest of your kids in mind. And oh yeah, just because they happen to be beating us when it comes to usership amongst <laughs> teens, don't um, pay attention to the man behind that. the curtain. We're mad at them because they are doing all these bad things. And so Facebook hired this this marketing firm that's really <clears throat> reputable and well known in the GOP side of the fence, which is interesting. And they hired this political marketing firm to use op-eds and local news publications to pressure legislators and lawmakers and also parents to to basically not feel so good about TikTok. And you shouldn't feel good about TikTok, but you surely shouldn't feel that good about Facebook either, Adam. So basically what they did is like, so Facebook's guilty of certain things, right? Spreading certain false narratives spreading certain things on social that are dangerous for kids, different social media challenges. Uh, There was this one challenge that involved getting kids to slap their teachers in the classroom and show it on social media. Facebook was trying to use this marketing firm to get parents and people to think that it was TikTok that was spreading these bad things. Facebook did the same thing against Parler. If you recall, Parler was the social media app that was like up and coming in a really strong way leading up to the election. And then basically saying, it wasn't us. We weren't responsible for all that. It was Parler. And then you literally had Facebook team up with Google and Apple and Amazon and Twitter to get rid of Parler, to literally almost shut those guys out of business. But then when the facts came out, it turns out that Facebook was actually used as the sort of facilitator of conversations leading up to the January 6th Capitol riot. Here you're just seeing a lot of mudslinging. Like on one hand, as an American, I'm just like, yeah, get TikTok, right? They're not so great. But then on the other hand, you're just like, this is just Facebook doing what Facebook does. Mm -hmm. And they don't truly have the best interest of parents in mind. They're not doing this for any reason that's like honorable. They're just trying to 
kick a competitor to the, to the side, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and they themselves would becoming the metaverse, which is ridiculous. I'm sorry. The more I hear about the metaverse and the pixelated <laughs> uh, reality, disreality. Did you see this so story? Chipotle is going to let you roll burritos, pixelated burritos in the metaverse. You can't eat. You can pay to buy clothing. You can pay. Use that to get a buck or two off your burrito. Yeah, come on. It's like a basketball game in the metaverse. Here's the thing, Michelle, right? Okay, so when you're going to have games and when you're going to have a court with a, with a competition, you got to get players for the game. You have to get players on the court. Right now, nobody really knows or understands what this metaverse concept is supposed to be about. Like, nobody gets it. Like, and, and frankly, nobody really wants it either. It's like the metaverse is supposed to be this, like, singular online place that combines all of your online activities. It basically, like, combines, like, your mobile data with your smart device data, with your social media activity, with your online purchase behavior. And it gives all this information to companies that they're supposed to use for commercial purposes. But as we've seen, they will use that also for political purposes. And that's where it gets dangerous. Um but in a nutshell, the, the, the public is not asking for the metaverse. These big companies are the ones that are pushing for it because they want that level of influence and, and control. And if you remember, if you've seen the film Ready Player One, that was a metaverse of people interacting. People would put on suits you could actually even feel. But I love this meme. If you're listening to the podcast, it's a guy a kid with a mickey mouse t-shirt on an ai headset and a microphone ear set and in the background nuclear war you have uh death and destruction you have the poisoning of (laughs) of rivers and it's just absolute destruction but he's sitting there smiling playing his ai nothing to see here nothing to see here as And we can watch Facebook in the social media wars with TikTok, and yet they're both part of the same misinformation, disinformation, canceling, uh, denial that that the other social media is. We're going to talk about some of the hope for the future, but first, a word from Real Bearded Men. Who has everything? Except anything for his beard. The luxury beard box from Real Bearded Men luxury at mymichellelock.com. There you go. Maybe a, a thing. I know it's only April, June, Father's Day. Uh, dads that have beards go to My Michelle Live. You can see some of our merch there and some of the companies that well, uh, we, the advertise with us. Buy it now so that your dollar goes long, goes farther, right? Like inflation's <laughs> oh, a real thing. <laughs> I know, right? Why It'll not? It'll be cheaper now than then. <laughs> there you go. You also get a discount from My Michelle Live uh, for products and things like Calitrin, which is like a fountain of youth in a box. I love that stuff. So the metaverse is not really working. It's not catching. There's groping and inappropriate stuff. And okay, no well, one's can, really like it. You can buy it. digital real estate that you can't sleep in. You can't mow the yard. It's, you can it's buy burritos you can't eat. Okay. But in the meantime, social media has gotten worse and worse. I'm I've been sandbagged by Facebook. People aren't seeing my feed anymore because I I sing at church and I talk about news stories that they don't like. We have 
Facebook, TikTok regularly takes down videos, right? That they regularly say this violates our standards. A guy got, in fact, a few people that I know got removed from TikTok and from Facebook for reading the dictionary definition of what a woman is, a female (laughs) adult. Uh, That's hate speech. That violates our standards right there. So we see this disintegration of free speech but there is a little bit of hope and it may be coming from elon musk he yeah he did buy a what was a 9.2 percent interest in the company for just a few billion dollars no big deal <laughs> yeah you know um, change lunch money for him right he spent 14 billion dollars in taxes this year so <laughs> maybe it's not such a big deal uh, but it is a controlling interest it's four times more than what jack dorsey has in the business and we've seen over time elon musk has always had problems with Twitter for unfairly censoring people. And so that's why before this was finalized, uh, Musk basically had a, a Twitter poll and he had 2 million responses to his poll asking, do you guys really think that Twitter upholds the basic standards of free speech? And 70% of his 2 million voters said, no, we do not. And I think Elon Musk has a, first of all, I think he has fun with social media. I think he's had some real fun sparring with like world leaders and tyrants through Twitter. We've seen him battle with Wokahontas, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> We've seen him battle against literally Chechen warlords, General Ramzan or whatever his name is over, over there in, in the Russia-Ukraine situation. The guy works for Putin. So I think Elon Musk has fun with Twitter and he doesn't put his money in things that he doesn't actually enjoy and he's not actually passionate about. Also, as a first-generation American, Elon knows what it's like to live in places that don't have or promote free speech. Um, but of course, he's experienced it over here in the United States that it's eroding quickly. So he, he wants to protect that because also this guy who believes that humanity should be a multi-planetary species knows that you need innovation and creativity and a marketplace of good ideas and bad ones to actually come up with the ideas necessary to help humanity explore space adequately. Like that's his passion. Not only is he passionate about free speech because he thinks it matters, but I think he also sees free speech as a means to an end when it comes to just like humanity evolving and being better than it is today. I I could see that. That's interesting. And we really do have to get a handle on where we're at. However, Twitter employees have come off the rail. (laughs) They are so upset. They think that Musk is going to damage the company's culture. God, I hope well, so. Michelle, oh my there was like God, one who was I calling him. So. Their, this one employee was like, oh, it's our new overlord. And this one w- literally resigned because they're just like, oh, this guy's a transphobe. <laughs> like, and so you, you literally see people resigning. And Rand Paul Great. actually had a tweet in response to one of those resignations. And he was just like, good riddance. And you know what? Yeah, good riddance. You should have left like a long time standing. ago. Twitter is going to host an AMA, which is an Ask Me Anything meeting to quell the angry, slobbering <laughs> mob. And hopefully they won't go all Disney woke where we're, we really believe in free speech. And then 10 employees go out and say, no, you're homophobic and I hate you and I'm going to scream <laughs> well, and cry. You know, it's interesting though. I've seen some people downplay it like, oh, he's not going to really come in to take over the company. But if I think about Tesla historically, Elon Musk, after he got rich from PayPal, he invested just a little over $6 million into Tesla. He didn't found Tesla, two other guys did. So he basically invested enough money to have a a single largest share in the company. And then he started to do things that came from his brain. He did things to make the company better. And now Tesla is almost a viable business, right? Like it's grown 
tremendously under his leadership. And it still has a long way to go. And there's still plenty of criticism to throw their way. But when you think about Twitter and you think about his investment now in Twitter, it's the same thing, just on a bigger scale than it was for him with, with Tesla. It is about making money as well. You're not a shareholder often because truly we've, we see this with companies. They go all woke because it's cool, but then when it hits their bottom line, suddenly they have no moral ethics anymore. Oh, yes. I don't know. What am I supposed to think? And what are my ethics supposed to be? Look, I, I yeah. guess when we look at the news this Disney shareholders should be losing their minds right now Jeez. in fact there was uh one of the shareholders that said this has got to stop this is absolutely death when we've seen other companies do it they have imploded i think nike is an exception nike went very woke and they've managed to continue but for how well, long I ever, michelle i think the thing with nike was like they were super early adopters of wokeness and now they're a little bit more quiet. Like they made all their money early on and now they're just like a little bit more quiet. So I think Nike as a business is just the wokest and the least broke. Woke, woke when I need to be woke when I need to be the lesson of the week though, is really how blind we get in our own mindsets. We're afraid of the challenges. So we'll scream them down. We are afraid of, of, of some uh, of someone revealing the truth you shine the light of truth and rats scurry and that's what we saw a lot in some of the news stories that we were reporting this week adam we saw light being shined on it uh, in the media from uh, a freshman in college and the and cnn you know and these other people they're scurrying like rats Uh, we see the abortion issue and the ugliness of it and they're scurrying and they're and they're they're scampering trying to figure out how we can spin this so I don't feel bad it's not really about telling the truth it's about trying to belay the guilt and we have guilt and we should feel guilt because we have fallen short of a glorious godly standard we just have oh my gosh but when we look at that real world view of a biblical world view yeah all of sin all of fallen short but God provides a way through grace And that just tends to work. It's the way that provides the most freedom, the most love, the most hope, the most innovation for the most people. But we don't want to know that because, well, it's uncomfortable. I love that, though, because it's just it's the idea is like the comeback is better than the setback. And we still have a long way to go. (laughs) But we are the United States of America and we are an exceptional, fantastic, great country, the best one in the world. So I think for us, the comeback will be better than the setback. I think people who were once woke are waking the heck up, finally. And thank goodness for this freshman who's just giving us a, a ray of light, some, a reason to be optimistic. There are so many kids that are young college kids who are basically like people who are starting to see what's going on because they grew up before the wokeness really set in. Like they're still growing up, mm-hmm. but they weren't always kids. Like or they weren't always just like, in this world of indoctrination, I think. So I think as long as parents continue to be vigilant and active in what's going on at the school board levels, even going so far as to ask teachers for examples of curriculum, 
and having honest conversations with grabbing your kids by the collar and dragging them the hell out of public school you do you gotta do what you gotta do yes indeed yay hey adam thank you so very much for hanging out with me again and our awesome listeners and viewers thank you for supporting us at my michelle live liking us when you see it sharing us or even just a small comment all of these things helps us to fight against the onslaught of social media and media outlets that are trying to quell voices like this so please do your part it doesn't take much and it doesn't cost anything and if you want it to cost you something but get something in return go to my michelle live you can see our cool swag you can see some of the businesses that we work with that that we get a percentage of a sale while you get a discount so it's a nice way for us to find ways to fund free speech thanks adam and thank you for being part of my michelle live at mymichellelive.com for more fun go to mymichellelive.com 